So on this Lunar Observance Day, our Uposa today, we need to recollect that our annual rains retreat, our Vasa is almost finished. There are only 15 days remaining, one fortnight. 75 have passed. When we reflect on time's movement like this, we see how quickly it slips through our fingers. With every day and every breath, it passes and we find ourselves further and further into the future. At the monastery, we have the opportunity to use this time well, to meditate, to establish mindfulness with our in-breath and our out-breath, our inhale and our exhale. We have the chance to do this continuously, all the time, throughout our day and throughout our duties. We can contemplate and use wisdom constantly as well to see that everything that we believe we own, all the things we think we possess, we actually do not. Uh, our belief that we, convent- that we possess them is uh, simply a convention, is a belief uh, based on the conventions of the world around us. However, if we look carefully at those things, material and otherwise, that we believe we possess, we see that they are all in the process of decay, of dissolution. And this contemplation of the impermanent nature of sankhara, of conditioned phenomena, is essential. When we see the impermanence and decay and tendency to dissolve of conditioned phenomena around us, we begin to understand the importance and the preeminence of the heart, which has, is far more permanent uh, or lasts far longer than all the material things we see around us. This heart of ours has wandered for lifetimes upon lifetimes. It's lasted for this long. Yet we don't have to speak about rebirth in the context of such long periods of time. Take simply this life, this moment right now. Our six senses are constantly being impacted by various contacts. And with each impact, with each sense impression, frequently we establish a self in connection with that contact. With each of the senses receiving input, a self is born. So looking at rebirth and our experience in this way, we understand that every day we're born countless times. We have a sense of self constantly arising again and again. We can also see that some of the things we believe we possess are far more intimate and closer to us than simply material possessions. Even our brain and our essential organs of the body are not necessarily worthy of being called ours. For example, if we make the intention to begin walking, standing, sitting, lying down, our chitta, our heart, our mind sends a message to the brain, which then sends a message to the body. 
and the body follows its orders, walking, lying down, or making whatever motion it has intended. However, if the brain decays, the chitta's orders cannot reach the body, and the body will not respond even to intention. The same applies to the heart. If we have a problem with our organ of the heart, uh, the material heart, then even if the chitta tells it to beat or something of that sort, then it will not respond. Uh, if we have a stroke and our brain ceases to function properly, it also will not respond to the chitta's orders. We can contemplate like this and ask ourselves, if these organs of ours refuse to obey our most deep intentions, are they really worthy of being called ours? Is our brain ours? Is our heart ours? If they do not do what we tell them to do, uh, in the case of a stroke, a heart attack, or something of the sort, then are they worthy of attaching a self to? Contemplating like this, we see that the chitta and the body are separate. They are different things. And they begin to separate out in our awareness. To establish a sense of peace and solidity that allows for such powerful insight, the mind must focus on a parikama, a basis of meditation practice such as a word, mantra, chant, or the breath. And if the chitta finds itself uh, immersed and given to a parikama regularly, then it will become more and more used to it and deeply established in it. It will uh, remain with it without ceasing. So in order to establish such solidity of practice, we can begin to chant ETP so the epitaph of the Buddha nine or 108 times uh, during a day, as many rounds as possible. And eventually, we may find that the chitta, the mind, becomes peaceful, calm, solid, and lucid. But we have to do this continuously. If we live our normal life, going about our normal duties, and allow the mind to go where it wills, without establishing a center of practice, a parikama, and continuing to keep it going throughout the day, then our practice will not progress, and we can consider ourselves to be practicing very little. However, if we keep this practice continuous, if we continuously bring our mind and hearts to bear on a mantra or something of the sort, a meditation object, then we can consider our practice to be continuous. Another useful strategy for developing the power of the mind is to sit for a long period of time without moving in order to give rise uh, to the Vedana experience of pain, Dukkha Vedana, and to cross over it. If we sit for a long period of time watching pain come up, then we will come to a point where the Chitta and Vedana become very clearly separate experiences where we realize that we are not the pain. And eventually, after crossing through this threshold, we will find ourselves calm. In the old days, 
Myself and Ajahn Sumchai would frequently walk Tudong pilgrimage over long periods of time. And we would frequently push ourselves in the practice of sitting meditation as well to see how long we were able to maintain the sitting posture without moving. Today as well, we see that many lay people have come to observe the Uposatha day with us, and many of them have determined to stay up sitting and meditating the entire night. There are many here who have in fact uh, made the determination to stay up every night, every Uposatha day during the entire three-month rains retreat, the Vasa. And during this Vasa, I have not made the monks present at Mopjan uh, establish and practice the sitter's practice, uh, meditating all night each Uposatha day. I haven't mandated this. But today, we should all come together uh, meditating all night today and tonight we should make a special effort uh, lending support to one another in this. So I want again to encourage during the sitting practice in this night of effort to continue bringing, to continue bringing the mind to its parikama, its mantra or basis of practice, its meditation object, until it truly remains with it, establishes itself deeply in it. Usually we only establish mindfulness with our parikama occasionally, letting the mind or wander mind wander quickly away. However, uh, please attempt during this period to bring it continuously to your meditation object. So today, once again, uh, I want to encourage the monks to sit up all night together. Begin sitting at 10 p.m. and do not get up until 3 a.m. Do a five-hour sit. If you need to visit the bathroom once, then that's all right, if you really have to. But beyond that, remain in the sitting posture the entire period of time and see what happens. Uh, you may want to avoid drinking many liquids after 9 p.m. in order to prepare for such a long sit. But we each can do this. You can cross over Vedana, over feeling, over pain. This is the power of a mind with brightness. In the old days, Ajahn Samchai and I, after walking Tudong all day, found ourselves arriving in a monastery on the Uposa tonight. After shaving our heads, even though we were exhausted from hiking all day, and uh, I had no shoes for a period of this walk, we still uh, stayed up all night meditating with the other monks. And this is the spirit of a Kamatan monk, to fight, to practice, to endure. So for today, I want to encourage everyone here to put forth effort and sincerity in the practice to support one another and to keep their intention and mind on the ultimate goal of our holy life.